Hello, everyone. This is Caitlin from Dynamo. I'm here to give you our weekly logistics tech wrap-up. And then once I'm done, Santosh will give you his take on some major happenings in the VC world. Okay, let's get started. in India are chaos in its truest form. Santosh, director here at Dynamo and a certified Indian, confirms these reports. Well, as you can imagine, this makes developing autonomous technology that can navigate the chaos a bit of a challenge. Swayat Robots, a team from Bhopal in India, isn't afraid of a challenge. They've been working on a prototype vehicle since 2014 and just recently completed it. They've developed an algorithm that they believe can handle the unpredictable nature of Indian roadways, unlike driverless tech from other countries. Trial runs of the prototype vehicle on highways are set to begin soon. There are very few things as comforting as being able to obsessively track exactly where your package is at any given moment of the day. Bring understands this. They just raised $10 million in Series B funding for their delivery management platform that enables companies to compete with Amazon delivery services. Companies using Bring can notify their customers on the status of their deliveries, track delivery drivers on a map, provide driver-to-customer communication, and allow customers to rate drivers. Okay. These days, I don't want to wait for anything, ever. That includes my fast food. I want to be able to drive to that McDonald's drive-thru and have those hot fries thrown down in my gullet before I even have time to consider and ultimately regret my decision to eat McDonald's in the first place. That's why the fast food chain is testing its mobile app with users in Washington and California where customers can order before getting to Mickey D's. Upon arrival, they check in, pay through the app, and pick up their food at the counter, drive-thru, or curbside. Using geofencing, the app tracks where a user is in relation to the storefront to keep that frozen fresh food fresh. Carbon, an additive manufacturing, that's fancy for 3D printing, startup is moving into high volume manufacturing with its new service called SpeedCell. This is basically an industrial size version of their 3D printer, along with software that connects fleets of internet connected carbon 3D machines. Carbon is known for printing super strong materials at super fast speeds, especially when compared to other 3D printers. They've done well for smaller manufacturers with their subscription service, and now want to service larger companies more easily. SpeedCell is also built with robots in mind, since that's where all manufacturing is heading. It wouldn't be a weekly wrap-up without a nervous mention of robots taking all our jobs. It'll be fine. Probably. Maybe not. The Massachusetts-based startup Evolve has raised $18 million for its hardware and software aimed at improving the efficiency and accuracy of airport security. Imaging sensors detect anomalies on a person, and facial recognition software checks individuals against relevant databases to see if they are on any list of sketchy people that shouldn't be in the airport. Evolve claims that their body scanners work much faster than those in place now, moving 600 people per hour. Everything, the IoT smart products platform, just raised a $24.8 million Series B. What is an IoT smart products platform, other than an impressive amalgamation of buzzwords? It's a platform that enables any physical object to have a digital identity. What does that mean? Well, it allows companies to track products through the supply chain or for customers to have more specific and personalized experiences through direct-to-consumer applications. Okay, cool. All right, Japanese e-commerce firm Rakuten and U.S.-based drone airspace management platform provider, mouthful, Airmap have created a joint venture to make widespread drone deliveries in Japan possible sooner. They will create unmanned traffic management solutions so that drone operators can safely and efficiently manage air traffic flow. All right, that's it for me. Let's hear what you got, Santosh. 
So the the news of the week uh, Monday morning when we all woke up was that Intel had purchased uh, Mobileye for a little over fifteen billion dollars, one five B billion. Um, why is that relevant? Um, well. Intel has long been, and, and I would say away from ARM, who was acquired by SoftBank last year, has been the, the stalwart and just the, the silicon that powers everything that we interact with in the digital world. And uh, they really created their names, uh, or the, a name for themselves uh, in the PC market. But then when mobile came around, they were left behind. So it's interesting that you know, now they're being very uh, preemptive and I think the, the mobile eye acquisition, the second largest in their history, kind of shows that they understand and they want to stay on top of what the next computing platforms might be. And that's where autonomous cars, this is a, a play in that market where uh, you need to make sure that if you're providing the componentry for what a vehicle or mobility, or the, rather the vector of mobility will look like in the future, you need to operate at scale. So Mobileye, you know, best known for um, the, the visual detection sensors and hardware they make. You know, they were used in Teslas, not anymore, but have signed deals with BMW and various other OEMs. I, I believe Volvo's uh, another, if I recall right. But it's very interesting because this is something that I think a lot of investors focused on autonomous, enabling technologies related to autonomous have been waiting for because it's an exit event a very large exit event that is also away from the public markets. So is this kind of saying, hey, you know what, there's more interest here. This acquisition follows the the Harman acquisition by Samsung, which was uh, for about $8 billion. So you're starting to kind of see these clear exits. So that's where, as, as venture investors, we're starting to say, okay, you know what, like this is starting to pan out. There, there are multiple angles to see a return. It's a pretty big deal when a bellwether comes in and is saying, hey, you know, we're, we're doubling, tripling down into this vertical and we view it as core to our future. But away from that, uh, I think the next big piece of news that I'm super excited about, MuleSoft prices its IPO. Um, the expectation is that they price somewhere between 12 to $14, looking to raise a little under $170 million. And I believe that this is the IPO that matters. Snap was great, cute, household name now, more of a a media company, uh, I think by anyone's standards really. But this is the the first pure technology company. And this is, I think, what uh, a SaaS company looking to, to exit into the markets this year will need to look like. I think by most measures, or if not all measures, uh, MuleSoft is very healthy, 70% revenue growth uh, between six, 15 and 16. You've seen contract values creep up where uh, they have uh, doubled from 14 into 16. And uh, if you look at their retention, which in SaaS, you know, you live in and you die by your retention rate, their retention rate is well in excess of 100% in 2016. So they're adding customers at a huge clip. And if you kind of put them across the spectrum of, of other SaaS players that are public, you know, they're going to be in the top five on most measures here. So a, a super healthy company coming out, exiting into the markets, 
And, you know, this is what most likely you'll see people starting to aspire to look like, be like, if they're considering an exit this year, or I would even say uh, looking into 2018. Away from that, uh, I came across a super interesting article from uh, the Founder Collective around thematic investing. And I found it this morning and it's, I've had a crazy day, but like it's been on the back of my, my mind. And it's basically, if you're a thematic investor, by the time you actually deploy your dollars, you might be too late, um, is kind of a, a, at the core of the piece. And also kind of espouses the, the founder collectives kind of ethos around making investments. And my kind of takeaways is, as I distill that, because I really do enjoy the piece, is that as humans, the, the way we kind of structure all the inputs that are coming in and kind of making sense of things going on in the world, especially as investors, is you know we set up frameworks, structures, themes, motifs for ourselves. And it's important to understand that we need to know when to kind of use that as a way to uh, provide some structure of thought but not be so beholden to it that you're unwilling to say, hey, that's a wrong belief or something that is incorrect or that, you know, you cannot look even away from it. And, um, you know, we focus on, on logistics tech here. And that's not to say that being industry focused is bad. I think at an industry level, you're still broad enough that you're not going to overlook things, but you still stay in an area that you're rather good at. But it's more so if you get super granular and say, we don't do any last mile and this is why, or we only want to do computer vision technologies related to autonomous. Frankly, that could really shoehorn you in a place where you might not find anything, you might find the wrong things where in venture, really, if we kind of look at just the way the world's played out, is the most meaningful returns uh, you know, oftentimes come from places where the, the founder might be relatively unknown, might be from an area that we find rather random, and in the early days might look completely different than what it looked like in an exit. It might actually look rather stupid or subpar, uh, not necessarily what you might think, you know, a, a polished enterprise SaaS app might be like. But it's a progression and you need to understand as, as venture investors, we sometimes get stuck where we were saying traction, 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 but look back and say, has the founding team come together in a way that makes sense where they complement one another? Did they exceed where they are today based on the resources they had at the onset? And if that's the case, hmm, there's probably something there, you know, that, that's interesting that they didn't have much to work with, but have generated something kind of outsized in terms of traction. And then you kind of say, now where could this go? Because we're really, we be, we're looking at the future. It's just not what's happened uh, in the rearview mirror. And I, I know that, you know, sometimes I, I talk to folks in the industry, especially when you're younger, you kind of get stuck in that pattern. But it's what could it become? And uh, I think that's what th this piece is, is quite good at, where, you know, you distill it to the components that you have today and then how those components could coalesce, come together to do some amazing, awesome things in the future. And you as an investor might be able to make an awesome return for your LPs. That's all for me uh, this week. Hopefully uh, everybody had a great, awesome week. If you're coming back from South by, get some rest this weekend, some extra Advil perhaps. Chat with you uh, in uh, two weeks time. Cheers. All right, that's all we have for you this week. We'll be back next week with another founder chat and another weekly wrap up. You can always find more great logistics tech content at hitthebutton.com. Also learn more about Dynamo at dynamo.vc. Okay, enjoy your weekend. <laughs>